Blog Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. And it might be one of those nights, the audio's messing around and not working right. We had trouble connecting. It's uh, it's already been a little crazy, and the show hasn't even started yet. But we are both here. Y'all know what time it is. It's time for In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live on a Wednesday night, December the 12th, 2018. I'm Dre. He's Jay. And we're here to break down week 14 in the NFL, which uh, apparently, if you listen to some people, was one of the crazier, wilder, more eventful weeks of football that you will ever see. Uh, Once again, with that overreaction theater that we all know and love. Uh, Very eventful. A lot of crazy things happen. A lot of things that I don't quite know what to make of some of these uh, events, but we'll chat through them and talk through them anyway. Uh, Don't know where you want to start, Jason, but uh, I think everyone was talking about the way the uh, Dolphins knocked off the Patriots once again, which is just something that New England goes to Miami and just can't seem to get it done. Yeah, and you know, and we we thought we were gonna you know put a stop to that, and the better team was gonna win out. And I don't know, maybe you know that sometimes a team they just have your number. Uh, even the great teams, you know, the day the the seventy two win Bulls lost twice to the Toronto Raptors, right? It, sometimes. Oh God, I mean, Damon Stoudemire flashback. Sometimes a team. Just, just has you. I mean, all week they're putting up the list of all the buster quarterbacks that Tom Brady has gone and lost to, uh, not just cover, you know, had a spread covered against, but just straight up lost to. And it's a who's who of buster quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. And they, they, for some reason, the Patriot way just doesn't seem to work in Miami. You don't get the miracle play at the end of the game. And that's an all-timer. I mean, that's games just don't end like that. We they've come close. We saw that was that uh, the one of those Atlanta games was that the Tampa Atlanta game almost went out that way with the lateral right at the goal line. And then uh, the the dude stuffed it out like at the three yard line. Otherwise, we could have had one of those sort of, you know, lateral Mary or whatever they want to call this play <laughs> uh, the miracle in Miami. I've heard all, all sorts of descriptions of it. I mean, I even showed it to my wife. That, that that's how wow. you know that's how you know I'm like you gotta see this you know those, those plays never work when, when somebody loses at the end of a game it's that deep shot from the 45 yard line that somebody just goes up and, and hauls it you know I'm, I'm thinking back to like Aaron Rodgers uh doing that one in Detroit or we I know we had a Hail Mary a bunch of years ago I think it was down in Jacksonville where the guy went up and did what you're supposed to do and swatted the ball down but he swatted it right into the receiver's arms who fell over the goal line, that that's the way you lose. That's the way you lose on a Hail Mary, not on, you know, not, not on the three Stooges play or the Benny Hill play where the ball goes over the middle and then, you know, guys are tossing it all over the place. You got a guy running around in the, in the secondary is like, whoop, 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 and all these guys missing. So I, I'm not even going to be the one to pile on Bill Belichick for having Gronk out there. It's 10 guys had to miss. I mean, everybody seemed like they had a shot at getting great on that play. We 
we need to we need to cut that play up. You know, cut it down to fit that song and you know, speed it up. You know, do it like a one and a half times thing, so it's, you guys really everybody's all running around really fast. And but you got to add in like ten more laterals. Right. But that's yeah, they'll, they'll, that, that, that's not supposed to happen. That, that that shouldn't happen that way. The first guy gets on the spot to tackle the receiver, and then he gets off the lateral, and the other guy runs, and then he throws it to Drake. And then Drake goes on this, like, man-possessed. I mean, when they were interviewing after the game, he's like, I don't even remember. <laughs> Instant you know, took over. Yeah. I mean, that was just straight up, I'm going to score, and nobody can stop me. And he had no no, no stiff arms, no just making everybody miss, just dudes flailing around, um, ending with the ultimate dude flailing around with uh, – uh, Rob Gronkowski with that whatever half-hearted tackle attempt. That's why he doesn't play safety, I, I'm thinking. Yeah, even if he was 100% healthy, um, to be the man to knock down a Hail Mary pass when the Dolphins are at their own, yeah. what, the 31-yard line? Yeah, um, the 69-yard play. Not very bright, and so that's why I'll – I'm love. Uh, I, I love the pile on Bill Belichick. I mean, you know, I think that he has over, overcoached and outthought himself and overthought himself many, many times, including in the Super Bowl last year. Um, and I'll pile on him for this because it, it's it would be bad enough for Gronk to be back there to try to knock down a pass that it was impossible for Ryan Tannehill to get it there anyway. Gronk isn't even anywhere near healthy. He barely makes it on the field every week as it is. And you see what happens when he's now he's got to gear up and try to tackle a much faster guy than him. And he just tripped over his own shoelace trying to get there. And he, he would have gotten juked out anyway, if he would have made it over there to the, to the corner before Kenyon Drake made it in. Cause Drake would have made like one move and he would have went and <laughs> sprawled out and fell anyway, but just, just not very bright. Uh, you know, yeah. Belichick is such a genius and his, done so many things in football and he's one of the all-time great coaches he may be the greatest coach of all time but he's not perfect and he's not yeah. above criticism and he deserves it for this one particular game and this one particular play now in the grand scheme of things the Patriots are still going to win that division the Patriots are still going to get a home playoff game or maybe even two um, and it's really not going to make all that much of a difference you know, in the long run, but it's just another example of, uh, for those who just assume that the Patriots are going to turn it on when the playoffs come and become the Patriots again and go all the way back to the Super Bowl again. I've been saying it's not going to happen ever since last year, ever since the Super Bowl. And I still don't think it's going to happen. I think this is part of the reason why that Bill Belichick will do things that seem like, you know, the smart thing to do on the surface, but eh, when you think about it, it's not really all that smart, but I mean, I'm not going to totally kill him all night about it, but yeah, he deserves criticism for that for that call, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and this angle I haven't heard taken at all this week, but the the it felt like it did feel like hubris. I mean, it did feel like they were taking a victory lap. Oh, hey, look who we have on the field. The Dolphins, they're nothing. They're not going to score. And of course, it's you know, the ball always manages to find that guy, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a play, and the, the you know you could have ten other guys out there on the defense, but the play is going to hinge on the dude who had no business being out there. No business at all. That's exactly you see it right. In every sport you see it in every the ball, sport. 
that's the yeah exactly the ball finds you in baseball when you you have yep. no business being on defense uh and, and the ball the basketball finds you when you have no business being out there on offense um and this time the the running back found Gronk when he had no business being out there it, it was boneheaded it was just a boneheaded play by by Belichick no doubt right and none of that happens though if the patriots don't let the browns hang around for the entirety of that game and that was a back and forth affair up and down the field. So this wasn't just, you know, the Patriots had this game dominated and sewn up. The the Dolphins competed and gave themselves that chance. You know, they held them at the goal line going the other way, held them to that field goal uh, when the Patriots could have gone up nine to put the whole thing away. So the, the Patriots had plenty of chances to just, you know, snuff out the Dolphins and make sure this didn't happen. And I give the, got to give the Dolphins credit. They, they hung around. Steven Goskowski had kicking issues to help uh, along with all of that. Those, Tom those Brady had a creep up, don't they? He did those just kind of yeah, creep up at the you, what, yeah, they... if, you're, if you're the Dolphins, you're going to beat the Patriots. You need all of that to, to happen. Yeah. You need those things to creep up. Uh, Tom Brady had a brain fart at the end of the first half where he went down and took a sack with no timeouts and uh, right there in field goal range. It wasn't quite Kirk Cousins-esque, but it was close. <laughs> you got to get no. rid of that thing, Tommy. You, Kirk I Cousins, know you're, you're Kirk Cousins has got it sewn up, but you got to yeah. get rid nobody, of that thing. Nobody can Kirk Cousins it up like Kirk Cousins. He <laughs> did it again. Yeah, 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 he did. Oh, don't even want to talk about him. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's how you lose that game if you're if you're the the Patriots. Uh, if you can get a hold of the the Miami Dolphins radio call, you should do yourself a favor and find that because that is entertaining as hell because they were downright suicidal during the play, during the Hail Mary play, because that's not supposed to ever work. No, it never so works. In their mind, the game's over. This is just perfunctory nope. and yeah. they're just throwing it around and, and, you know, making it string out, making the death, the death is inevitable and they're just stringing it out right. and, pull the plug, take them off life support and pull the plug. That's exactly what they sounded like until Kenyon Drake breaks free. And And, and, and just in another brilliant example, I was thinking about this after the play, not that I want to diminish anything from the play because it was great, but I was thinking about the, 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 the convoluted NFL rules, right? By the NFL rule, what is a lateral? Either backwards or it's a fumble. Completely uh, by um, the NFL rules, it's a fumble, <laughs> right? Okay, uh, it is. I, I backwards pass is a fumble. If it's a backwards, if you throw a pass backwards and the guy doesn't catch it, what is it? The fumble. Uh, yeah, I guess it is. You, you can't really bounce so, a pass, can you? Correct. So by the NFL actually, and, and think about it, a lateral. If the guy threw the ball and it bounced, it's still it. It could be a it's pass. Live. But you can't advance a fumble in the last whatever minute. So this is why the NFL rules make no sense. Ah. You can't advance a fumble, but you can advance a lateral. Huh? Mm. <laughs> see? Things that make when you I, go, hmm. Yeah. See, I made you think about something, and we're only 11 minutes into the show. But a fumble, by the definition, is a lateral. And a lateral is a fumble. Uh, even though one happens under the control but if let's say that that second one, the Kenyon Drake, the you know the second lateral, let's say he had bobbled it and the ball had hit the ground, or he had picked it back up and run, but still a fumble. <laughs> so yes. Now uh, I'm getting yes, even sure yeah. flashbacks. Right. Levels. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Einhorn. Einhorn. <laughs> 
Right, because it's so, right. So, as soon as I can see the light, I could see the light bulb go off in your head when I said, "Well, what happens on a backwards pass if the guy doesn't pick it up? What's it ruled? It's a fumble. It's a live ball. It's a fumble. So the NFL, right? So the NFL tells you that you can't advance a fumble at late in the game, right? But you can advance a lot. Yeah, just da da. NFL rules. I we guess got, you'd have we to got, read. We got, we got officiating stink all over another bunch of games this week, too. So, Oh, it was some bad officiating, no doubt. <laughs> I guess you'd have to read the official rule book to see if sure. there's any language in there that delineates whether it's a, a purposeful oh, yeah. lateral, a purposeful forward, intent. A, a fumble, rather. Now you have to, now you have, to have intent. A fumble with right. intent. Versus an accidental fumble, which you cannot advance. Yes. Right. <laughs> I don't have a law degree, so I don't know how right. that could possibly be. But yeah, I'm not trying to throw a wet blanket on the lateral play or the miracle in Miami because it was fantastic. But it made me think, okay, laterals are fumbles by the definition. And, and the rules clearly state you can't advance fumbles, but you can have plays like that. Uh, that's why the NFL. This is, you know, I, I've seen more. This is where a lot of the negative feedback, and I hate to say that the Twitter verse, where you know, as I scan through Twitter with all the people upset about all these bad calls, non calls, you know, all this stuff, like this is what's costing, you know, this the convolution of the rules is what's costing them more fans than anything else right now. It's it, there have been there's some been there have been football games, good competitive football games this year. I've just turned off. Because I couldn't handle seeing the little flag thing appear on the screen at the bottom every second or third play. Well, it is getting ridiculous that there is no kickoff that is uh, run out of the end zone yeah. uh, that that or does not return. have a flag attached to it or or a punt. Yeah, um, there's a absolutely a flag on every single special teams play. It would it would seem uh, with the exception of field goals and even some of the field goals. Yeah, three times in a row on field goals now. Yeah, if you're the Steelers and you can't help yourself, you got to jump offside every single time. <laughs> so, so yeah, so just a little food for thought there early in the show about the the miracle in Miami, about just, just the it just something I thought about this week, and it's not you know we try to throw some things out there that you don't just hear every day in the you know in in, in the mainstream. You know, I I don't think there's a whole lot of people who are out there saying that you know, Bill Belichick was, was doing a victory lap with the Rob Gronkowski move and rubbing it in the face of the Dolphins. But I could see some of that. Some of this, that, that's not the narrative they're going to portray for you. No, uh, I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, I, I, I think it may, it may not even be a victory lap. I think it's just laziness. I think he just says, well, it's a Hail Mary type situation. Oh, put it in the Hail Mary package, yeah. Yeah, here's our Hail Mary package, which includes our 30-year-old crippled tight end uh, who <laughs> can barely make it to a, a game, much less be out yeah. here trying to defend the Hail Mary. Nobody, so. But this this is also, though, where nobody's going to go up at Belichick's ear and go, uh, Coach, you know, that's uh, Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's got a 78-yard <laughs> touchdown pass in him in the air. I wonder if any of those coaches have the confidence to do that. I wonder if that's they what I could be. I, I don't know. So. Probably not, but but I don't know for sure. But great, every year you get a game like this that ends this way, right? Oh yeah. You know, I, I guess we should. If we're going to switch gears here, I'm going to go a completely different direction. Going to completely okay. throw you for a loop. 
can they just give Colin Kaepernick his money now? <laughs> because after he gets done playing the Peterman tape, right? Yeah. He will then proceed to eject that tape. We're going back to VHS here. He's going to mm-hmm. eject the tape and then insert the Mark Sanchez tape. Which will be labeled Total Fraud. <laughs> the comeback tour, the Total Fraud comeback. Boy, we could not have been more all over a pick. Shockingly, we did not lock that up. No, I couldn't have been bright enough to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because now we're back even again in the locks, uh, thanks to the Bengals having a little fight. Uh, yeah, who knew? But yeah, no, neither, neither one of us were smart enough to lock up the Giants with you know going up against total fraud and Mark Sanchez. That was, I mean, boy, the Giants just love playing like garbage time football. And I don't mean garbage time in the game. I mean garbage time in the season. Yeah. Because, no, yeah, now that the season's out of reach, they can they can play to their full potential, right? This is they're doing what we expected the Jaguars to do. It's like now that nothing counts, all the talent on the roster will 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 sort of like rise to the top, and they're just rolling people up. You know, they beat the Bears, and then they just obliterated the Redskins. But how much of that was just the complete ineptitude of of Mark Sanchez? Completely lost. What what was he even doing out there at one point? At one point, I think I saw his stat line was like two for eight for three yards. God. I mean, Mark Sanchez on the day. I don't know if you've seen this stat line. Do you have your barf bag ready? Hang on. I mean, let me get my brown paper bag. I mean, this is this is actually. I think Peterman had better numbers than this. Oof. Six of six of fourteen for thirty-eight yards. That's a a two point seven yards per attempt. <laughs> No touchdowns, two picks, and he took five sacks. Yeah, that, the only difference, uh, the, the Peterman line would have less sacks and about four more picks. That's the that's about the only difference. <laughs> yeah, six of 14, 38 yards. Peterman didn't hold the ball long enough to get sacked. He was too busy trying to find people on the other team to give it to. Like, ooh, ooh, that, he's open. Wait, yeah. wrong color again. Go! That's about the only difference between those two. Yeah, the uh, Mark Sanchez was so bad he got the people excited in Washington that they're starting Josh Johnson this week. And what is Josh Johnson for God's sake? What are we talking about? Um, the excuse to sign Sanchez by the Redskins organization and Bruce Allen, the, maybe the worst GM in all of sports, um, I believe, was that he knows the playbook and, and Kaepernick would not. That's what someone plays like who knows the playbook. I think it's time for a new playbook. Yeah. Well, I well here's the other side of that. Could you imagine if Mark Sanchez didn't know the playbook? What the numbers <laughs> what would, would have been like? Then? Yes. <laughs> so th- this was the I'm fully invested in the playbook, Mark Sanchez. Woo boy. He wouldn't have completed those two passes that he completed or whatever. And, and the and the sixteen points that they got fourth quarter that was when Josh Johnson had come in garbage time time. so that's that padded stat line that he put up in the fourth quarter all helped along by the fact that the Giants at that point were up by 40 (laughs) no you're you're right the uh the fact that they can't find it that that one team can't find it somehow to to give Colin Kaepernick another chance when you got all these guys trotting out there that just 
clearly do not belong in the National Football League. It's, it's even to the point now, they're not even giving them a, a tryout. Nope. You know, now teams just have to announce. It's good enough now just to announce that, you know, we thought about him. We considered it. We discussed we, it internally. Yeah. yeah. This is what it's gotten to. Well, that's us giving him a chance. We were all sitting around the table after our third or fourth quarterback of the year just got destroyed and broke a leg or bad something bad happened to. We all sat around a table, and one guy at the table said, well, hey, what about Colin Kaepernick? See, we had internal discussions about it. Yeah, Look at we us. Immediately, immediately went thumbs down and yeah. moved on, but we discussed no, it. But nobody thought to even just, you know, try him out, see what he's got, because he could do better. I, 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 I was down on Kaepernick towards the end. Uh, that last year in San Francisco, I mean, I, I was all over how lousy his play was. Um, and it, no, nobody was more down on what he was not bringing onto the, but he was better than this. Anybody's better than this. You know, even by the statistics, he was still throwing out like an 80, 90 quarterback rating, not a 10. I think the real test, I think finally the, the final, final obvious sign that, they don't give a damn about what Kaepernick's proof would be and what a if they if someone brings Tim Tebow back for, for one more shot before Kaepernick, I think we finally <laughs> and would I have am enough honestly, I am honestly on record on this show a few weeks ago bringing up the fact that was he a little ahead of his time? You know, with what you see going on right now in the NFL, could somebody find a, a package or a place for a guy like Tebow? Just saying, it, it it really feels like the way that that position is being managed now was more like that he was a little bit more, he, he was truly a little bit more ahead of his time. That's all I'm going to say. Not like he's some game changer or he's he would have right. you know he could have been like the greatest thing ever. Not at all. We made tons of fun on him, of him on this show, but I, I do feel like that the NFL has evolved more to fit his style of play. Does that make sense? without me giving like a whole throated full throated endorsement of Tim Tebow, I am saying that I think that teams have more adapted their style of play to fit the quarterback versus trying to like when he came in, it was still towards the end of the, we need to fit you into what we're doing instead of drafting somebody for their talent and then molding to the talent. And while we're seeing quarterbacks that are getting that treatment. No, I'll, uh, what I'll say is that the optimized, perfect version of Tebow uh, would probably be uh, a left-handed Cam Newton, which is got the body to absorb any kind of punishment, can turn into uh, a running back and turn into his own goal line back. Don't, you don't need to bring in a goal line back for him. He can take care of that himself and also uh, can find receivers and put the ball where it needs to be in, uh, in a cannon for an arm. Um, so yeah, there's certainly room for somebody like that in football. Tebow's problem was that he didn't have anywhere near the accuracy to do what Cam Newton can do. And Cam Newton isn't even all that accurate, but he's 400 times more accurate than Tim Tebow is. And Naj in Atlanta last week brought up what the project Josh Allen is doing in Buffalo. That's sort of Cam like with his ability to get out of the pocket and make plays and, and sort of be someone that you can't just bring down in the open field with, with, with the first guy that he's going to break that first tackle and keep going. You're going to have to bring 
a couple of people to, to bring him down because he's got uh, a lot of power behind those young legs. So uh, th- I'll give you that, that the idealized Tebow would certainly have a place in the NFL. But there's, you know, for a guy like Kaepernick, who was, again, you know, we, we've, we've sort of been down on guys who became more runners than, than throwers and the success that the guys who are clearly still looking to throw we saw it with Russell Wilson uh, on on Monday night. Oh, terrible game. But again, you know, breaks contained Deshaun Watson, those types of guys, the guys who I think are going to have the sustained success are the guys who don't just tuck and run and open themselves up to just getting blowed up down the field. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, because Tim Tebow could come back and he sure as hell could lose to the Cleveland Browns, just like Cam Newton <laughs> just did, which I believe we also had. We did, but there's a there's a, something going on there that he's clearly hurt. He's hurt. They brought they brought in they uh, but they took Taylor Heineke Heineke again to, to throw a, a hail mary because he's clearly hurt. But they took him off the injury report. Oh, How so he's all be? good. Yeah, well, he's great. Right, we, um, you and I both. I believe we both called shenanigans on that too. Yes. No, so, he, he, nothing to see here, folks. Move along. No, he's clearly hurt. <laughs> I'm trying to right. highlight our good calls this last week because we did have our fair share <laughs> of bad ones. Yeah, he was airmailing throws all day. I, I don't know when yeah. we're gonna. I don't. I don't know when I'm gonna pick uh, Carolina again because it's a, it's one of those situations where clearly Chico Rivera is going to go down with the ship of Cam Newton. Right? Uh, he's not gonna put Heineke yeah. in there full time. He's not gonna bench because he doesn't want to bench Cam Newton. Cam Newton is Cam Newton, but he's not Cam Newton. Is the problem? He's not playing like the old. Cam Newton, because he's clearly injured. So the, he's just going to keep throwing Cam out there until maybe the, the playoffs is, is completely out of reach until they're eliminated from the race, which isn't going to take too long the way they're playing. Um, but, yeah, that, that's a real tough situation for the Panthers. Uh, they're going down, and they're going down fast. Yeah, they are, they are quickly crapping away uh, what looked like a sure wild card spot. Yeah. And they're on the outside looking in right now. Um, our good plays and our bad plays are right down the middle uh, for this past week because we both went yeah. eight and eight. We both split everything right down the middle. The one advantage that you had was that you had your lock come through with the Packers, the new look Packers behind Joe Philbin knocking off the Falcons. And that my lock actually the, come... <laughs> that wasn't the new look Packers. That was the same look Falcons. Well, either way, <laughs> yeah, because statistically. New... Atlanta actually played an okay game, but it was turnovers. It was a, a costly pick six. It was Matt Ryan love, you know, taking sacks at the worst possible moment. And there's your difference in the game right there. So, no, I I, I knew well enough that the that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers would be motivated coming off of the McCarthy firing, showing they're not as bad as they are. So, yeah, I, I locked that up and – walked. that was a pretty easy victory for me. Uh, there's not a lot of easy wins this year for me. That one was an easy one. It's new looking that it's a new coach prowling the sidelines for the Packers for the first time in what was it thirteen years? So yeah. it was sort of both his look. challenges in the first minute twenty three. He asserted his authority in the first eighty three <laughs> seconds and said, Look, this is my team. I'm gonna challenge everything that I see because yeah. I don't give a damn. I'm the man. I'm yeah. Joe Philbin, damn it. Yeah. You know, did you do you think that the the assistant head coach or whoever it was should have walked up and done like the Belichick thing. I mean, like, yeah, you, you know, we don't get any more of those coach, right? (laughs) 
Ain't nobody telling me nothing. I'm Joe Philbin, and I run this show. <laughs> hey, they won. Whatever. Exactly. They they still won by 14. Yeah. And I didn't, of course, uh, watch the game down here, but uh, I was listening to, to, to the podcast of some people who watched it, the NFL Network podcast, and they said that it looked like a different offense. It looked more creative, and it, it did look like yeah. a new look Packers team a it, little bit. It had life. Mm-hmm. It did. The, the old Packers offense was stand around and wait for Aaron Rodgers to make a play. You know, Aaron Rodgers dance around forever. Don't get sacked. Don't get hurt. And wait for a guy to somehow get open, even though he has receivers that create zero separation almost on their own. Or Aaron Rodgers gets you to jump off sides or 12 men on the field and takes the deep shot down. That was their whole offense for the last three or four years. Yes, it was. It was improved. It looked like it had a, a flow. That's something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same team, same guys. And all of a sudden, they're putting right. up 34 points. Oh, how about that? And your wife was there live to uh, enjoy it and, and see all of that. She had a good time. I told her, you know, I texted her on the way, said good luck, just so you know. I don't, you know, Packers are my lock of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a great day home with the kids. That was well worth me not going. And the lock came through. My lock did not come through. The uh, Chargers, I once again decide to believe in the team after they finally, uh, after they do so much to show me, well, I guess I should trust them now. So I trusted the Clippers uh, as 14-point home favorites over Jeff Driscoll and the Bengals, and Jeff Driscoll and the Bengals hung around and were yeah. able to lose by only five. The damn game. Yeah, uh, that's, I don't even know. What quite to make of that, but that's, that's Chargers football for you. As soon as you love them and believe in them, they go back to being the, the Chargers again. This is what, they this overlooked, don't trust they them overlooked in the, the Bengals. They, they clearly overlooked the Bengals. There was a look ahead as well there, I think, for this Thursday night game that we have coming up tomorrow. That's their, that's their big game is going to be this Chiefs game tomorrow night. But, hey, there were some teams that got tested but still preserved a victory. The Chiefs did it. The Chargers did it, right? You know, team. You, know, you have teams like the Patriots and the Steelers who got tested but couldn't finish. So you still can't, you know, in a week of upsets where a lot of teams, a lot of top teams were going down, I'm not going to come down too hard on the teams that still won. I know you're mad because the Chargers Blew up your lock. I'm glad they can't did. close out um, the Bengals. The fuck? Yeah, they couldn't close out the Bengals. They couldn't. They could. They, well, the Steelers couldn't even beat the the Raiders. <laughs> I, I don't know how that happened. Murga. <laughs> well, the it's Steelers are on one. a the Steelers are on a on a run of discovering and inventing brand new ways to lose football games every week. This time it was having the kicker slip on the infield grass. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to kick a field goal to tie the game. So poor Chris Boswell. I believe, I believe not to quote myself, but I'm going to come close to quoting myself. Nobody plays down to the level of their competition <laughs> like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yet again, they there they were losing. Not just this is what blows me away. They didn't just not cover. They did. I mean, you know, they, they had this with the Jacksonville, where Jacksonville actually they, they came back. And they they eked that one out. This you can't do that this many times and not pay the price. The Steelers are way too good to be seven five and one. 
Yeah, you would think so. They also have uh, issues telling the truth and trying to get their story straight because Ben Roethlisberger got hurt during that game yeah. and uh, got some sort of pain-killing injection, I believe, and was not immediately put back in the game when he could have uh, gone back in. And who's their backup quarterback? Josh Dobbs, I believe is his name. Some uh, guy, yeah. Oh, it was, I thought it was Lou Dobbs. <laughs> I don't think it was Lou Dobbs. Uh, was playing like you would expect Josh Dobbs to play, but there's Ben bouncing around on the sideline waiting to come back in, but he's not back in. They're letting uh, Josh Dobbs play. And then after the game, Tomlin, uh, Mike Tomlin explains that, well, we couldn't get Ben back in. We, we were in the flow of the game, and it, there was something about the game flow that we could not yeah. put our franchise Hall of Fame po- uh, potential quarterback back in a, in a game that we needed to get some better play out of the quarterback position. So that was stupid and everybody panned that and it didn't make sense. Then they come back, uh, I believe today and explain, well, the, 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 the painkiller that Ben got didn't take effect. So we needed to wait until, um, oh. what guys, you, you, you're, you're terrible yeah. liars. I feel like I'm, uh, looking at some of my ex-girlfriends or whatever, you can't lie. You're bad at it. Stop trying yeah, to lie. There's, a, there's, an odor. there's an odor to everything that's coming from the Steelers. You know, I've been kind of hard on Tomlin the last couple of years over this. But again, there there's just seems to be like an honesty or an integrity problem or and, and a blame everybody. There, there is a culture. I guess that's the best word. There is a culture of this now in Pittsburgh. And I, I don't know where else to put it. You got when you have a culture that starts to be going off the rails, you know, because hey, now that Le'Veon Bell's not around, they got nobody else to blame. You know, we we, we joked about James Conner pulled his big ghost. You know, he just completely turned into an apparition. Now he's he's gone, and now he's pretty much toast. Right? He's hurt. Yeah. Um, it's just it, it sort of rots from the top, and that's what happened. You know, this always sorts that this just starts to happen sometimes at the end of your run. It's starting to feel like the end of that Pittsburgh run, isn't it? It, it does. I called it a couple of years ago, and I was uh, I was off by a couple of years. It would look like yeah. uh, I, I had Tomlin fired a couple of years ago, and it looks, it, I don't know if it's going to happen this year even. But uh, they, they they're running out of time to turn things around right now, and the the Ravens are sneaking up and challenging and, and potentially can steal that division away from them uh, with the rookie quarterback, Lamar Jackson, which would be a heck of a feat. Uh, but yeah, quickly about the Steelers again, the blame everyone, but ourselves culture, you got a kicker. And I know Chris Boswell struggled besides the sliding in the, uh, in the, in the dirt, in the mud situation, but they're bringing in kickers to compete uh, with Chris Boswell now. And it feels like they're blaming him for sliding and slipping in the grass and missing that field goal. And that's, that sucks too. That, what is he supposed to yeah. do? It's, it's a shitty but ass not just stadium. That. And you were, he missed the field goal that just would have tied the Raiders, the yeah. Raiders, one You're of the worst, if the not Raiders. the worst teams in football, a franchise that has gone so far off the rails. You're going to blame the guy who was just trying to tie them. And you should have been blowing them out. Yeah, I'm trying not to use the driver. You keep sitting off the rails. I'm going to have to oh. play the driver. I didn't want to interrupt you. But you used it twice now. Yeah. So it's like you're daring me to, to play the drop. So I had to yeah. do that. Yeah. But that's the Steelers. The Steelers, the Panthers. How many teams are we have this right now? Where they, yeah, they're, they're runaway trains. 
Oh, certainly uh, Chico Rivera and the Panthers. Uh, yeah, the Steelers. Uh, I, I can't believe they found another way to lose. Like the, it, it's it's amazing how many ways they're finding to lose football games. It, it's really amazing. But the, they find the ways to lose to bad teams. Well, that's that's kind of their move, right? It is. I was all over this one. I didn't have the ball to lock this up. I thought about it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, how dumb do I feel? The Pittsburgh minus 10 and a half, and they can't even win the game. Just straight up lose to the Raiders. Like, dude, what are you doing? I don't know if I went that far, but I was pretty close. <laughs> uh, so, uh, before we continue to break down week 14, let me get the plugs in while I'm thinking about them. You are listening live to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To listen to the show as a podcast, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, any different number of podcasting apps and websites that we are on. You can search for in much less detail the podcast, and when you find us, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, you can communicate with us on Twitter. I'm at IMLDDre. Jason is at IMLDJTG. Uh, you can communicate with us via email and send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com and keep up with our football picks on our blog. Our blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Um, and if I can convince Jason to join nflpickwatch.com next year, you can keep up with all our picks on that website as well and be able to see what our top five best teams to pick are and what our bottom five teams to pick are and all that stuff. So uh, I think that would be pretty fun to get some extra metrics uh, in there. Uh, if we get For our free, <laughs> free For metrics, free, absolutely. The kind we like that fits right into our budget <laughs> for the perfect price of free. Um, I was able to, uh, th- this week was so crazy that I was able to go ahead and tie the guy that was ahead of me by one game. So I'm, so now we're tied for oh. first on the season because he went seven and nine to my eight and eight. And it wasn't a whole lot of teams uh, in that top 10 or top 20 or whatever that had winning weeks. There was a couple, but uh, I think, I think there's a guy behind us now, one game behind both of us because he went 11 and five or something like that. But most everybody else kind of had a, an off week. Uh, Our eight and eight feels like, uh, sort of an off week, but really it could have been a lot worse when you look at some of these results. Yeah, I, I'm not actually going to feel too bad about the 8-8, eight and eight, you know, and I, I was already down a game to you going into Sunday after I had dropped the Thursday nighter, so I pulled a 3-2 yeah. Sunday and Monday off. Yeah, I'll take the little minor ones if I, you know, I'll take anything I can get, plus I pulled even with you in the locks, but yeah, no, an 8-8 eight and eight was as crazy as that week felt. You know, it's it's interesting that like the bad weeks for you this year have been like eight and eight. That's how good you're doing this year. You, you know, I'm I'm, I'm propping you up again. Mm-hmm. I, I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, just waiting for it all to come crumbling down. So yeah, you were worried about. Uh, uh, I was listening to the pick show. You were worried about the Colts being shut out by Jacksonville and then coming back and having success against the Houston Texans and And boy, howdy. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. And the Texans, the Texans woke up a little too late. That game had, if that game had had gone a little longer, you know, you you kind of felt the momentum turning, but you know, the Colts, the Colts got up, you know, big enough, you know, they were up 10 going into the fourth quarter that the, uh, the Texans just couldn't kind of complete the comeback, but, 
you felt the momentum shifting a little bit in that game. I did not expect Andrew Luck to go for four hundo. Did not see that coming. Yeah. Um, with no running game, so it was very old. It was old Colts like, you know, all passing, no running. Pretty much Andrew Luck threw the team on his back and wasn't going to be beat. So, oh, but T.Y. Bounce, Hilton, bounce back for the Colts early on, put the team on his back, but just going yeah. deep over and over again. And the Texans coverage was just atrocious. And that's a huge problem for them coming up in the playoffs because it would appear that it's a similar problem to what they've had the last few years from what I've seen is when their front line doesn't get home, when they don't get the, the heat and the pressure on the quarterback that they need to get, their back end gets exposed big time, and they just yeah. they can get lit up through the air. And T.Y. Hilton was just wearing them out. And when he kind of slowed down later in the game because he really came in hurt, uh, so when he kind of took it down a little bit, then the t- all the tight ends started taking over, and, and Andrew Luck just kept going to them. So uh, great game plan by the Colts. They they exploited the back end like they knew they could, and, and came away with a big win. Yeah, we, we I did not see that one coming. I I believe were we both on the Texans there? We were. Yeah. So not yeah. What a week where you go eight and eight. You're gonna have some. You're gonna have some bad calls, right? And that was uh, so that was one where we were both on the wrong side. Yeah, Cincinnati. I, it, I said what was gonna happen, and then still went the other way. Well, yeah, that that happens a, a lot for both of us. That we we can see it coming, but we just can't make ourselves. Uh, go down that road. We saw the Patriots uh, playing bad at Miami. We saw that coming, and we were like, ah. <laughs> that's what, you know, that sometimes you do get caught in that trap of being the smartest guy in the room. We we trapped ourselves on both of those. It, all, it was all right there in front of us. And with uh, Cincinnati, uh, back to that one where they contend with the with the Clippers you called that one too and didn't and, and didn't go with it you said the Bengals having everything going against them uh, is, is usually that's the move where you go ahead and take the Bengals just because and you you yeah. couldn't do it, it I I thought it, the Bengals were just so bad with Dirksen Dris, no Dirksen's the federal <laughs> building in Chicago uh Driscoll <laughs> what, what Dreidel uh, Jeff Dreidel. Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that Skinner indoctrination again. We're not making fun of Jews when we do that. That's just how that. That's how the song goes. The, the Dreidel song. That is right? the song. That's the Dreidel song. Yeah, no, we're not making fun of anybody. That's the song. Literally called the Dreidel song. Yeah, but we had to sing that every year. We did. That was one of the. Mm-hmm. That was in the rotation. Didn't know a thing about it. Did, did they? They don't think they taught us anything about what a dreidel was or why we were singing it or anything. They just <sighs> well, here, sing this, memorize this. I know it was always okay. big because uh, Josh, Josh, and he was Jewish. Yeah. So it was always a big deal. It was like you know he felt like he was getting a bone thrown his way. <laughs> so he was very happy but, about the dreidel. Dreidel, dreidel. Yeah, I made it out of. Oh my God, why do I know this? <laughs> we do something. I, don't, I remember we did something for that song. I just can't remember. It wasn't like with the Jingle Bell Rock. Something. You know, that, no, there was some movement that they indoctrinated in us for yeah, it was something, you know, something spinning around yeah. about the, the dreidel spinning. So we had we had some hand motion about spinning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there was something for everything. We had a. It was a show. 
We were putting out a show for for the banks and the police stations and wherever that we went to to perform this thing. We we had hey, a show. I remember I remember going to the CNA Tower, the bank building downtown every year. And our our big thing was that we went into the bank and we did it, but we always got McDonald's for lunch. And that was like a big deal. Yeah, that was our big deal, right? Oh yeah. And then going down to the police station and then getting fingerprinted. That was fun too. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I tried to block that out of my mind. Yeah, yeah. When they took us right there, well, it was only like two blocks down the street, three blocks down the street. Yeah, the police station was right there. That, that wasn't. We didn't have to yeah. get on the school bus for that. We just no. Walked, we just know. walk right over to the cop shop there, and yeah, and I remember they fingerprinted us all. We thought, <laughs> we thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the memories, the, the, the Christmas spirit. Uh, so anyway, yeah, put on uh, a we, Christmas we concert, to... get fingerprinted. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if we're gonna have too much to say about it, but we haven't talked about how stupidly talented Pat Mahomes is and some of the stuff that he was doing out there uh, against the Ravens. Not shocking. None of it was shocking at all. I was hoping they would get the touchdown in at the end to give me that win. Uh, they didn't. Um, because they ended up being not covering what what was the spread on that? Oh no, six was it? What was the spread on that one that we had? It was six. That would have been a push. It was six. That would have gotten me the push. There was another one that went to overtime. Oh, that was Dallas and Philly, where Dallas yes. did get the touchdown. Yeah, to, to cost. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord and thank you for the Eagles' defense completely being worn out. So yeah, some 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 cheap overtime shenanigans, you know, cost us a cost me a push, cost me a win. I'm not um, giving it no. back. Pat Mahomes, and, and again, you get tested. A, t- a team with an awesome defense, they come in there. Lamar Jackson, they were clearly up for the Chiefs. This is usually where the Chiefs kind of wilt, right? This is where this is the spot. This is the spot. If this was the Alex Smith Chiefs, they would have lost that game. <laughs> Pat Mahomes is just on another planet. I mean, the, the, the no look passes, the arm talent, everything that he pulls out, I can't, I, I cannot stop but be amazed. He, I believe, he is the MVP of the league. Um, I know they want to give Drew Brees sort of like the lifetime achievement MVP. That that's great, but Drew Brees is winning a lot of these games throwing for 120 yards. <laughs> Pat Mahomes oh, yeah. has more four touchdown games this season than like five franchises have in the last 10 years. Yeah, there's some combination of numbers that he's putting together that only league MVPs have put together in a season. Yes. So it, it no, doesn't I'm, like I'm, it's I'm his. <laughs> I think it's been his since week two or week three. Everybody just kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it just, it just hasn't happened yet. I'm sold as well. I've, um, from what I'm watching and also from what I'm hearing from other people who talk about him, um, he might be, this might be a generational quarterback. This might be one of, one of, one of those. Like a Marino um, or one of those type, because he's, he's not a runner. That That is, that is superior arm talent. That, that is a guy who can make plays, but he's, he's not, he's, He's not this sort of new generation type quarterback. He, he's about as traditional as they come. Well, making plays is one thing, but dead sprint to the right and throwing sixty yards across your body yeah. uh, to the other hash mark uh, on fourth down when you absolutely need it 
and throwing it on a on a dime, just a perfect throw. Or throwing uh, left handed. The, the left handed throws, the the, the no look Magic Johnson throw that he pulled off in this game. Uh, yeah. Peter King was interviewing Andy Reid, who uh, was a quarterbacks coach for Brett Favre, and Andy Reid said, "There's some there's some Brett Favre going on out there that just plays that no other quarterback in the league can make, and that's what Mahomes is doing yeah. right now." I, mean, I, I immediately kind of harken back, see in my mind that that throw that Favre made in Detroit, um, where he was on the he he rolled out and he was almost all the way on the left sideline. Mm-hmm. And threw the ball all the way across the field to the right sideline. Can you not even imagine how far that ball went in the air? I believe that was Sterling Sharp in stride. <laughs> I mean, and on a th- on a throw where all he did was just completely sell out the throw, and and, and it was just like you couldn't believe because you know the number one rule of football is you never throw the ball across the field, right? Mm-hmm. You just don't do that. And to see somebody do it, and not just do it, but create like a game-winning type play, it, yeah, that, 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 there's some special talent there. The Chiefs are going to be Chiefs are going to be something to be reckoned with. I mean, I know it. This, I know we all expect them to go to the playoffs and lose in the first round. And don't, and nobody will be shocked if it happens. They're probably getting a bye though, so they'll go. They'll at least lose in the second round. But right. this feels different, or is it just me? It does. I, I can't put my finger around it necessarily, yeah. but I guess it's the quarterback. It's uh, some of the stuff that he's doing out there that you don't, you really can't take any of the other quarterbacks that are at the top uh, of of the league and say that they can do those things because they can't. This guy's arm is just something yeah. completely special. And I think there's also the combination of you got the, the, the weird geometry of Andy Reid's play calling and schemes and, and routes that he, that he calls and you got the weird geometry of Pat Mahomes' arm and the way that he can go sidearm, three-quarter arm, over the top. He can fit balls in the spaces in different angles that you just you, – you can't defend. Like, if you have 11 guys on the field defending, if you put their arms together and stretch them across the field, you're not going to be able to cover the ground that this guy can fit the ball into. And you can't say that for other quarterbacks. Other quarterbacks, you go, well, if we do what we know we can do with our defense and spread it out the right way, then we know we got it covered. And this guy is not going to be able to make the throw anywhere on the field. And there's no way you can have your 11 guys configured in a way that you say, well, no, Pat Mahomes can't throw this ball to anybody. We got it covered. No, you you really don't. <laughs> and I know you need another 11 guys. I know this is hard for you because nobody has been more snake bit on this show and over the years of us picking games, and you have been by the Kansas City Chiefs. Was it 30 to nothing they were up in Indianapolis? Right where we won them. <laughs> God. And, and, and what was and, that against the, Tex- against the Titans? Right where we won them. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's, so, it, hey, it's, it's the Chiefs. It's, it's what they do. Uh, I remember watching does, that comeback against the Colts. I was out. Uh, we were at dinner, uh, me and the wife, and I could, and, and unfortunately, we were somewhere that had that game on, and I was just in, in glee, as that just kept, you know, touchdown after touchdown after touchdown for the Colts, and they just kept coming back, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna win this pick. <laughs> Amazing, and I and knew the whole time that it was oh. gonna happen. 
and driving home from work last year after I had just texted you about the Titans. I was leaving at halftime texting you, got you right where we want them. <laughs> and by the time I and got home, up. driving home from work, Titans were winning that game. That was, I think, was more uh, shocking to me than the Colts come back. The Colts and and – and Andrew Luck and their offense making that comeback is thirty to nothing. It should never happen, but you can kind of see it. Marcus Mariota and the Titans mounting that comeback—I did not see that coming at all. And, and it was, I believe, Derrick Henry in the running game that really led it and, and made it happen. Yeah. But that Titans offense uh, mounting a huge comeback and, and winning a playoff game was—that I think that was actually more shocking to me. So, so hearing you say nice things about the Chiefs doesn't mean I'm going to pick hard. them in the playoffs. I, I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not but, married but to picking the them in the playoffs. We, 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 but we, but we do both agree, though, that this doesn't feel the same for them. Like, like the inevitability doesn't. It's not seeping in. You know, they're not going through that late season slide. They didn't start. You know, twelve and zero, and now they've dropped two in a row, and they look terrible doing it. No, they're just they're kind of rolling, and and they're they're a good team. I have to admit, it does feel different, but it's still the Kansas City Chiefs. So, of course, as always, time will tell. Yeah. Uh, the two other major events of Week fourteen would be the two. Uh, night games in which the Bears and Seahawks got huge home victories in very, very different fashion. Uh, Well, not so much, not too different. The Seahawks defense uh, really played well and and held down Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, but it was the Bears defense uh, against the Rams that was like the the showstopper. Yeah. made everybody go. The Rams didn't fire their OC after the game, did they? Like the Vikings, I don't believe did. they did. Oh, okay. I believe uh, okay. John DeFilippo was out of a job, but I don't think the uh, the the Rams uh, OC is out of a job. Yeah. Now those are, we, uh, those are. I was gonna say we've highlighted on we we've highlighted yeah though that was old school that was old school NFC football right there but we've highlighted on this show especially you how successful is changing offensive coordinators this late in the season usually. <laughs> Usually never, but it's forever altered by the fact that the Ravens did it that one year uh, with Cam Cameron. Yeah. And uh, I declared that they could not possibly succeed in the playoffs now that they've changed OCs in week 15 or whatever, because nobody wins a title after changing OCs uh, in week 15. And what did they do? Went on and won a title. But that was also the year, though, that we both had the Ravens winning the Super Bowl. So you were we a little did, bit so. more upset that they did that because you thought they were torpedoing our pick. Right. I wound up being uh, right and wrong no matter what happened because <laughs> well, you I was right that. about them before the season started, yet I was wrong because I said <laughs> they can't possibly win a title now that they fired their OC. Right. Yeah, I, I, I do love when I have a situation where I can claim geniuses no matter what happens, but I also that also means I can be uh, yeah. be completely wrong no matter what happens. No, I was, I was, I don't think, which one, you know, I, is there one that I'm more shocked by than the other in those outcomes? I think I'm more shocked by the Seattle, Minnesota game. I am, I, I am more shocked by Minnesota. Even though you had Seattle. 
I, I had no. I was not more shocked at the fact that the Seahawks won. I was more shocked by the fact that the Vikings couldn't muster a single point until the epitome of garbage time. Yeah, it was that was some ugly ass football. They essentially got shut out. And Kirk Cousins' numbers once again. This is very reminiscent of the game he played in Chicago on that Sunday night a few weeks ago, where he didn't start compiling stats and. and Kirk Cousins is a stats compiler. We, I believe we both agree on that. He just compiles some numbers, and he did not start compiling stats until it didn't matter. So when you look at the overall stat line, you're like, well, as he played, I... No, no, up until the point when the game was completely out of hand, he had done absolutely nothing. He had, and uh, it was an excellent game plan by the Seahawks, double-teaming the uh, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and basically saying, yeah, okay, nowhere, I don't know where to go. <laughs> right. I don't know who else you're going to find, but you're not going to find those yeah. two. He had no clue where to go. Apparently Kyle Rudolph wasn't around or hitting those backfield running backs out of the backfield must not have been an option for him. He was clearly looking to throw the ball to Diggs and Thielen. And when that didn't work, he turtled. And then once Seattle finally scored themselves and got a little separation, uh, then the, they can pin their ears back and go after Cousins, and he really had no no answer for that at the end of the game. Yeah. No, the Ram- and the Rams ran into a buzzsaw in that Bears defense at home. I, I don't know if we get quite the same result in L.A. We, we'll see. We could see this rematch in L.A. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it goes quite the same way, but that's clearly a different Bears team at home, and that's despite – and I will say that this team won despite Mitch Trubisky. He was awful. He was. In that game. So, I guess you can win with just the defense. Uh, every now and then, um, in this spot, in, in this environment, uh, with the, the conditions, and uh, I don't necessarily want to put it on the cold uh, as far as the Rams, you know, because it wasn't all that cold, but I do think there was something to that. that it was just unpleasant. It, it wasn't freezing. It wasn't, you know, anything uh, that you say, oh, God, obviously the Rams can't play in cold weather. It, they just looked very, very uncomfortable out there. And they I'm would, sure the they defense had a lot to do with that. Yes and no. Yeah, yes, the cold was amplified by the Bears' defense. The Bears would right. have – I, I mean, I fully believe that the Bears would have, I mean, that the Rams would have scored more than six points in Cleveland or Buffalo or Green Bay, right? Because they weren't playing that defense. Correct. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, I agree with that. All right. Uh, it is time for our last Thursday night or uh, pick of the season. We are. Coming to week 15, we are starting week 15 with what should be a real good game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, with two double-digit wins, uh, double-digit teams. Uh, the Chargers coming in at 10-3, and three, going to Kansas City at 11-2, and two, and the spread is somewhat predictable. The Clippers are three-and-a-half-point dogs at the Chiefs. Yeah. Jason, who you got? The spread was a little bigger. I would have taken the Clippers here, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'll tell you why. Uh, Chiefs are getting Eric Berry back for this game. Looks like he's going to play. He will be the 2018 Bob Sanders. Ah. He will be the man that turns everything around for him. Well, it, it, that, that could very well happen. Um, I'm going to go out on a, on a blaze of glory on the last Thursday night game, and I'm going to go with the road team Clippers 
with the three and a half. First of all, the hook scares me a little bit. Uh, and second of all, it's the, how bad the Clippers uh, played in not closing out the Cincinnati Bengals for the lock last week. Uh, that makes me think that maybe they were indeed looking ahead a little bit. Um, and that maybe that's why they, they played like they did. Because they really should have outplayed the, the 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 Bengals badly, but they did not. So I'm thinking maybe they're going to gear up and give Kansas City a fight on Thursday night, tomorrow night. More on our after show when we come back. All right, into our VIP after show program. Yeah, it's uh, something about the, the the big games that the Chiefs have uh, had this year. Uh, that weren't they three point results? Uh, was it at New England? Uh, they they lost by only three, mm-hmm. and then they hosted the, the Denver Rams. game. What was that Monday night game in Denver way back when? That was when they had to come back in Denver when Mahomes threw the left handed pass. Mm-hmm. That was a close yeah. game. That was a close game. I, I was thinking about like the the mega the sort of big mega games of the year, like that. Oh, like okay. New England game was a was like. The, you know, the game of the century yeah. type deal. And then the uh, when they hosted the Rams as a game of the century, they both wound up being three-point results. Uh, I'm seeing something similar here. Uh, they're just sort of back and forth, and they both wind up close to 30 points or maybe over 30 points. But just a field goal victory in the end would not surprise me. But who did not play in that game? In Eric Berry. The, uh, <laughs> the man. You're putting your eggs in the Eric Berry basket, okay? Well, you know, we, we, this goes all the way back to, oh, boy, preseason, our pick show. You know, when we did the preseason show, we, that was one of the highlight pieces is like, you know, that's a completely different defense, and we know that that's a completely different defense. He's a playmaking safety. Uh, you're obviously – he, he's a huge – his war, I guess, is high. <laughs> 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 and uh, – you know, I hate to use the wins over replacement stat, but he, he definitely has that. So if somebody's taking a seat who's not very good and Eric Berry is gonna step in, that could be that could be huge. But we when I said the Bob Sanders of twenty eighteen, for people who don't know their history, uh the Indianapolis Colts, uh back in the year when they won their first Super Bowl, were one of the worst defenses like of all time, right? I mean, that was the team that got run up by was it, they gave up like three hundred and fifty yards rushing to the uh, Jaguars that year. So oh yeah, because Maurice Jones, Fred Taylor, and Maurice and, Jones drew and, just yeah. kept taking turns yeah. gashing them for eighty-yard runs. And Bob Sanders came back at about this point in the season, and from that point through their Super Bowl win, they they suddenly like you couldn't run on them. They, they literally like changed the whole team. That first playoff game at Kansas City against Larry Johnson. And then Larry Johnson had that huge run to, for a touchdown, or, and that was it. <laughs> that was and like, nothing else. He, did not, he had like a 50-yard touchdown run in like the first drive of the game, and I think he finished the game with like 58. Yeah, I think I mean, they were hosting it, Chiefs. Oh, they were hosting? Um, I thought that game was in Kansas City for some reason, but you, you may be right. No, because I was sitting up there at a bowling alley watching it because I was oh, at the apartment hunting, okay. so I, I remember it. And for those who don't uh, remember Larry Johnson, that you want to Google Larry Johnson Chiefs, if you're like, who's this guy? Was he any good? 
he was coming off a 2,000-yard rushing season that year, and everyone yeah. thought that he was going to go into Indianapolis and just run all over them because that's what everybody was doing that season. But to your point, Bob Sanders was back there and coming up and, and filling in and run support, and uh, he could lay some lumber. Bob Sanders, Bob Sanders is going to be one of those guys that gets elected to the Hall of Fame in 2045 because of his great contributions oh. that he – made many, many years ago. He's going to be dead we'll 20 remember years that by that one. point. We'll remember that one. <laughs> I remember oh, yeah. that run they went on with Bob Sanders. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be in contact with each other in 2045 when we're both 70, and we'll be like, hey, I remember. Didn't I call that? I told you. It's only, uh, I don't want to like rain on your parade. That's only 27 <laughs> years away. Oh. I, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Chance is pretty good. Chance is pretty good. We'll hopefully both still be around in 2045 to see Bob Sanders into the hall. <laughs> that happens. We're both going to go to Canton because we called it here. We have to. On December 11, 2018. We have to make the sabbatical. Yeah, we, we have to be there for, for that induction, even though yeah. he won't be there. because the We'll make the pilgrimage first and only trip of my lifetime to Canton to see Bob <laughs> Sanders get inducted in the Hall of Fame just because you predicted it here on this show. That's right. But no, uh, I, so yeah, I, I we... get that vibe. I, I think that Barry coming back, I don't want to understate it. I mean, obviously this would be highlight game territory if we were – uh, you know, they're still doing that. I mean, we, we, we've right. been kind of rolling with the free form and it's been working because it kind of, sometimes we find that the, it, you know, we've actually talked about a couple of bad games more than I thought we would. Um, but that's okay. Cause sometimes there's intrigue in bad games that we're normally, you know, with the old format, we didn't really give ourselves any, any time at all to right. talk about, uh, or a middle of the middle tier games, even though I think, I don't think the really, really bad ones are getting much press from us. No. But the middle tier games still are. We're, we're giving those games some some more weight. So I, I've I've kind of liked the new kind of free form uh, way we've been doing the picks. But there's two games on Saturday. There is. So, does that mean, so how are we going to handle Saturday games? Are we going to do the show Friday night, or do you want to just Twitter pick those two? They're not uh, good games. Have... <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of them is somewhat intriguing. Um, no, we have to do the show Friday because we're actually going to be out Saturday. Oh, okay. So we'll be back on Friday. There you go. We heard it here first. That's right. We'll be back Friday to do the picks for week 15. Absolutely. Yeah, because I was looking at this and I was like, why are there NFL Network games? Three of, oh, no. It's, <laughs> we're, back, we're back to Saturday games uh, this sure week. Uh, next week, there's two Saturday games as well. Yep. And uh, week 17 is all Sunday. Those are typically all Sunday games. So, Oh, yeah. But, yeah, week – so, yeah, so the next two weekends um, – and the next well, and next week is the one where you have your cruise, right? That's right. So we'll be so, doing that show Thursday. So we'll do that show – okay. So we will do a show on Thursday night. That's right. Got it. All right. I, 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 I'm set now. We got our housekeeping out of the way for our you were, future We were show. worried that you were going to have to do that uh, week fifth, uh, week sixteen show from a hotel room. So at least now you get to do it from home. Yeah, if we if if if, if, if I was going to wait till Friday night to do it, I, it, we, I, I'm going to be in New Orleans Friday night. Um, oh, and you know, we, yeah, we're going down the day before, uh, you know, just to avoid any possible. 
stations and trying to drive in and, and do the cruise the same day. Some people would do that. Uh, and, and maybe if I were by myself and, and a bachelor and stupid, I would try to do something like that too. You know, instead of paying for a hotel room, we just drive down there the morning of the cruise and jump right on the boat. But no, we're not going to do that. Um, and, and instead of doing the show uh, Friday night from the hotel, uh, as much as I want to wait and get all the, uh, news that I can before making my picks. We're, I'm just going to do the picks Thursday here from home because I don't feel like uh, trying to carve out the time after dinner down there in New Orleans to try to get back to the hotel and do the show. So no, and you kind of you know you kind of deserve the the time with your wife. You know, and yeah, enjoy that. She time. deserves it definitely. Yeah. She deserves it. Yeah, you, you know. So that that she that that. Oh, and then so I guess I could use that to kind of lead into you. You were going to announce our big format change. I see in the description of the show, the major oh. announcement to our show. No, we're not quitting. Uh, no, neither one of us are retiring you're, unless you're going to ride off into the sunset here. You know, if you win that pick thing, uh, <laughs> no one's, no, going no, no. no one's going anywhere. No, I did. You, you could, uh, I was, was going to let you announce it actually, but yeah, I did put ah. it in the show description. Uh, yeah, no, I was, uh, as my, I had t- talked to Andre, texted him and we had discussed this briefly uh, a few weeks ago that, that, you know, with the, with my kids getting older, that the, the two show a week format was getting to be a little straining, um, caused a lot, a lot of late nights, <laughs> a lot of nights with short sleep, um, you know, and just in the, you know, in, and it, it does, you know, having two shows sort of feels like it eats into my preparation. It's like I'm getting, not getting two full shows out of myself. I'm kind of given like two half shows. So next year, next year we're going to be more of a format. Like what we do for the playoffs playoffs where we, playoffs. where we uh, do one big show. So instead of two shows where we do a recap and we do a, a pick show, we're going to combine those. And I don't know what that's going to look like. That could, there could be an evolution to that as well. You know, or we you know, is it, is it recap then picks? Is it recap picks, you know, kind of everything all like blended together, or kind of like a real show would look like, I guess, you know, uh, kind of like what we were always used to with like a, like an inside the NFL, right. You know, a couple of recaps and then they do a few picks and we'll, we'll come up with something. Um, you know, we've even changed the format even here in the last three weeks of the way we pick the games, uh, kind of dropping the highlight game theme. So be interesting to see how that pans out. But next year it will be one big show. So the Friday show or the Saturday pick show will be the whole week. That will be the recap um, and the pick show. And I would assume that would just be a straight two-hour show every week. Yeah, it's going to be a big football party every weekend uh, instead yeah. of having a recap show in the middle of the week. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be uh, different. It'll be a, a chance to recharge and, and get our personal life straightened out during the week and then come back on the weekend and have our, our big football party. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be different. Yeah. It knows uh, that, you know, that, uh, the, again, two hours straight live, commercial free. Uh, it's, the, it's a lot of content. It is. Uh, no breaks, uh, No uh, usually no calls, but every now and then we get a call. But, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's just us uh, talking football and shooting the shit and doing it in the in the way that we've always done it. Uh, before there was a podcast, uh, you know, just me and him 
shooting the shit and doing it over the phone. And this is basically the same thing. There's really not too many differences. Um, and hopefully it's uh, entertaining. And, and hopefully those of you who have been listening will continue to listen. And we certainly appreciate anyone that has been listening. Um, and we'll, we'll see how this new format works out. But I'm looking forward to it. I've, I had the same issues uh, that Jason was having. Of course, I don't have children that are getting older, but I, I do have late nights doing the recap show and waking up and, and go, trying to go to work on three, four hours sleep sometimes, which is not very fun. So we'll, we'll get to eliminate that and hopefully streamline ourselves and uh, come up with, uh, well, yeah, like Jason said, we'll play around with the format of, of what that big show is going to be like. And we'll, we'll figure that out as we go along. Um, and I've been uh, kicking around in my head, what do I want to do as far as uh, in the middle of the week, do I still want to uh, maybe uh, go back to what I was doing before uh, I was uh, recapping on the blog and having sort of a what I learned type column um, ah. about every about the games that week. So I'm, I'm, I haven't decided to do that yet because it's still that would still be taking time away from my personal life, you know, even though yeah. it's not a podcast. So uh, that that may not happen. It, it, I may not do anything, but uh, we'll see. But, but yeah, we're, I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, that sort of got the theme in my head, of, like this big football party, two hours live and talking football and maybe people calling in and breaking it up that way. And uh, then our little bit of a after show after that, that we clean up whatever we didn't get to. And uh, yeah, one, one big, one big show uh, instead of the, the two smaller shows. So yeah, it'll, it'll be different. Yeah. Well, and I think it helps us from a consistency standpoint, because, you know, we kind of always mess around with the, the recap show. We skipped one this year. There were circumstances that we just, we were not able to get one in. So we just didn't do it. And then we just did the picks on Twitter, which is where we're going to be doing our Thursday picks uh, for next year. Uh, we've already settled that. We'll just post those online. So we're not, you know, getting in after the fact uh we don't need to tell that story <laughs> we've told that story enough times but you know it's funny that we, we're always bouncing around that tuesday wednesday or it's like oh man i just i'm, I'm wiped so let's move right. we never we never mess with the pick show mm. when we say we're having the pick show we have the pick show <laughs> very rare that we mess with it, um, yeah, it like we rare. do with the recap show. It's very rare. So I think that helps us from a consistency standpoint. Also for people who want to listen, because I always feel bad when we move a, a Tuesday late uh, to a Wednesday, because we do have listeners. Clearly we have people who call in, they listen live and we're always bouncing around that recap show. So somebody could be like an hour before the Tuesday show and, I, I love the fact that somebody would want to listen to what we're talking about, and then all of a sudden our show's not on. It's like, oh, it's on Wednesday. What? Not. So what? What yeah. happened? Where, I, I thought they yeah. were about to come on. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> hey, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. where's our show? So <laughs> yeah, so that that will. Hey, what happened? Yeah, I could just hear our listeners right now just saying that. So not going to be the case very much at all. It's very rare, maybe once a year, uh, once a season, where we move a a pick show. We say it's on a Friday. Damn it, it's on a Friday. And that's usually because something is happening on Saturday that it cannot be on a Saturday, so it has to be on a Friday. Right, right. So the, the we so everybody who listens to our show from here going forward through you know once next season starts, it will always be either a Friday 
or a Saturday, unless it gets to us late in the situation, uh, late in the season like this, where we have to do the occasional Thursday. It's once or twice a season that we'll drop a Thursday in. Yeah, it's very rare that uh, one of us is not going to be available at all on the weekend, but it, hey, yep. it's for good reason. I'm going on a cruise. I'm so excited. Yeah, exactly. And I actually, starting next Saturday, uh, early, early happy birthday to you. I'm sure I'll drop that in next week. Um ah. Thank you. Be on your cruise. Um, I, my, I get a four-day weekend for Christmas that starts next Saturday. I, I probably wasn't going to want to do a show in the middle of that. <laughs> I am just. I also have a Christmas gathering uh, that night too, so it's a not mm-hmm. a conducive, not a conducive uh, time of year to be doing a Saturday pick show. So I'm, yeah. I'm fully okay with the the Thursday next week. Um, so I guess I I, I would just venture to guess that we'll just do one big one next Thursday then there's really I don't want to do a a recap and then turn right back around on a Thursday but we could no we probably weren't going to do a, a recap show next week anyway because that's that's the end of the Thursday games really the reason we came up with the recap show is to have an excuse to make the Thursday oh pick. right to make the Thursday pick right <laughs> but now with social media and proof you know <laughs> Know, I see you tweet it, yeah. So it's easy to do that now. So, and, and people who don't know, uh, this isn't like a new format for us. So people who are not aware, uh, the format that we're switching to next year, it's our playoff format. So this is tried and tested. Yeah, we just come in and then whatever happened the, the weekend before that was big news, we'll, we'll talk about right. it and, uh, and whatever developments has come since then because – uh, oftentimes those big things that happen, at least in the playoffs, uh, something big happens during those su- Saturday and Sunday games, and there's repercussions that happen on Tuesday and Wednesday. And we get to yeah. talk about all of that instead of talking about one thing on Tuesday and then something else happens and we got to talk about something else uh, the next show that we have. So we'll be able to cover all of that uh, all in one big ball for you. So Yeah, and I, like so I said, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah we, we get to play around with a whole off season. You know, a whole Kings and non sequitur off season. So this is way off. I mean, this is this isn't even going to become a factor until September uh, of 2019. That'll be yep. so. The, but that's something. Yeah, format change of the show that we've that we've actually planned. It feels like we're really doing something here when we're actually planning changes to the show uh, this far in advance. And there's nothing that says I I would never take completely off the table. Like if something happens that we damn it we just got to talk about, we'll do a show. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking about that, too, that there may be something that we have to come in on Tuesday and Wednesday because we really want to get some stuff off our chest. Right. Or there could be something so wild that happens or, or a whole you know, whole weekend or like a big news weekend or something happens or a crazy game. We we could just throw a show out there. So I'm not you know, I'm not saying that uh, that's off the off the table or out of the realm of possibility either. I think it just gives us more flexibility because there are plenty of weeks. I'm sure where we recap an entire week on a Tuesday and we're like, Oh man, we got to talk about these games. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not all weeks are like the one that we just had. Right. <laughs> no, no. Usually we're stretching uh, to fill that hour. We hadn't even gotten to uh, the, the really the Dallas Philly game in any kind of real detail which uh, the only thing I really want to say about it is Dak Prescott had one of those games. Like every now and then you'll have a quarterback have a game that he just shows you like the entire spectrum 
Like he had some throws that were just terrible and horrible. And you're like, what in the hell are you doing? And why did you put the ball there? And why did you make that decision? And he also had some throws that were like absolutely 100% perfect. And you could not have dropped them in even any better. No quarterback in history could have dropped it in better than some of those touchdown throws that Dak Prescott get. I, I don't even know what to make of him right now. He has so many uh, different ways that he can affect the game for good and for bad. And there's no way that anyone can really predict one way or the other, but all we can really both say, uh, I think you'll agree is we talked about the Amari Cooper uh, acquisition being the last excuse and the last line of defense that, Mm -hmm. Hey, if that can't succeed with this guy, then he's complete trash. They need to completely move on. And, got to say it's a success right now. Amari Cooper has been amazing, and Dak Prescott, when targeting him for the most part, has also been amazing. Uh, yeah, 217 for three with three touchdowns. That's a hell of a day. That's <laughs> not bad. That's not Derrick Henry. It's not a Derrick Henry day, but that's right. a hell of a day. Uh, what Amari Cooper's meant to that team. Well, clearly, you know who we haven't heard from in the last few weeks? Um, well, besides Murga, but hey, Murga won, but Des Bryant. Yeah, yeah I know Dez. he's hurt, but I think Amari Cooper has a lot to do with Des Bryant keeping his mouth shut right now, right? Because if Amari Cooper was out there going, you know, three for 19, you know, the Twitter storm would be coming from Des Bryant. Like, see, see. <laughs> Uh, maybe uh, the fact that oh. he tore himself up uh, yeah. in practice and couldn't even make make it on the field, I think, probably shuts him down as well. But you may be right; he, he may have had some yeah. more words for the Cowboys. But you know, six hundred yards of offense for the Cowboys against what's the, the Super Bowl winning defense of the Philadelphia Ooh, Eagles. They are a shell of themselves right now. Uh, Carson Wentz is now done. He's hurt. He's not going to start on Sunday. They think he could be done for the rest of the year. Uh, so we can put the we can put the Eagles. Yeah, this is breaking news. Uh, we can put the Eagles to bed. Just announced today. Now that Carson. Yeah, yeah the Eagles are toast. You do not go and win on the pride of that defense and then go to your most hated division rival and give up 600 yards of offense. You don't let Dak Prescott go for 455. And it was only uh, some of the throws that he left out on the field. that He could have had a a lot more. It was only those bad plays that had the Eagles still in the game and and, and going into overtime. Dallas actually should have blown them the fuck out. Yeah, and then there were the Eagles, though, got that thing to overtime somehow. So they 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 kind of left it all out there. This was their this was this was it for them, and they had to they they had to do the big you know uh, comeback late uh, in that game, score with the late touchdown, and then yeah, they they just said they had nothing. The Cowboys that drive they went on that eight minute drive that they went on for that game. Oh man, that was that felt like that Atlanta drive that New Orleans put on them in that overtime game when Atlanta would just was toast and they'd lost like their whole defense and you just knew they couldn't stop them. That was yeah, that last, that last, they, they were so man. dead. That Cowboys drive. You're just, I'm just hoping beyond hope that that's a field goal, field goal, field goal. Oh man. <laughs> and, then it turns, and what happens? Dak almost 
turns it into an interception going the other way, which would have really fucked everything up. But DB can't hold on to the ball. It pops in the air. And Amari says, oh, look what I found. Yeah. He catches it and takes it in for the touchdown. Just, just ridiculous. You know things are going your way when that happens. Yeah, because yeah, that – I mean, if the defender catches that ball, they might not catch him. Yeah, the, there's nobody in front of him. And another – uh, off throw by Dak. Uh, he had some some great throws, and he had some very off throws. You, you really didn't get anything in the in between with, with Dak Prescott. You got the whole spectrum yeah. of really really great and really really terrible throws. And this wasn't like with the Colts where Andrew Luck goes for 400 yards because they can't run the ball. No, Ezekiel Elliott still got his. Oh, that offensive line still gets theirs too. Uh, they. Yeah. Man, when they go and break out and start pulling guards and pulling centers and running and, and looking for guys to block, they're out there trying to like put people under the under the turf. They're out there trying to put people uh, in the ground yeah. and bury them. And they're still they still got that. They're still they're not what they are what they used to be. They they got some injuries. Tyron Smith was uh, out there trying to block with a with a. It was funny. He had a knee brace on his elbow because his arm is so fucking big. They couldn't get him an elbow brace, so he's got a knee brace on his arm. It's about the strangest looking thing you've seen in a long time. Um, and he was rather ineffective. He had a lot of holding penalties, and, and he, so they're not a hundred percent at all on that offensive line. But they're still good enough to to let Zeke eat and, and do what he has to do. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be real interested to see. Now the Cowboys are getting <clears throat> the Cowboys are getting the love that the Panthers were getting before their big skid, which is a lot of undeserved love. No, the Panthers were not Super Bowl contenders five weeks ago. No, the Cowboys are not now going to just run this all the way through to the Super Bowl like it's just the, like it's automatic and it's like anytime you get a team that goes on a little run here, shows a little life. Boy, oh man, that 24-7 news media just has to shower attention on a team. And uh, nobody's really talking about the Panthers anymore, are they? No, they're not. And it's it's subjective who they want to shower that love on because the Texans before Sunday had a yep. nine-game winning streak, and they weren't getting man. Super Bowl contender love showered on them, I don't believe. No, I think the most I was given, I was the one – saying like people need to like not sleep on these guys because i we i'm I'm still that way i don't think one loss means that now you're just like complete crap after you after you went out then you lost to a a team that's you know seven and six up and coming they caught you you weren't going to win out apparently it's a division game houston we we've seen houston compete at high levels with deshaun watson they don't always win but they compete and that's all I'm saying they'll do is they're not just going to go be some easy out for somebody. And I still think that. No, and if they had won that eight in a row and they were playing in Dallas, then people would be absolutely oh, all over them. God. Like they're, you know, they're the best team in the yeah. league or something like that. Yeah. They're not. You you were also talking about uh, uh, the Arizona Cardinals and uh, – oh. Oh. You know uh, – we pick them all, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I picked that one. I, I had the Cardinals uh, hanging in there at home and beating the, the terrible Lions, and you knew you knew better. You uh, compared them to the uh, the White Mouse, and, and you don't want to believe in the in the Cardinals. Uh, That's right. I'm glad you remember that the White Mouse will not explode. Yeah, I, I picked the Cardinals, and and 
Josh Rosen, and I wound up my foot to get ready to, to kick the Lions, and the Lions looked back at me and said, now, nah, wait a second. We repeat, the White Mouse will not explode. No. Yep, that's on me. I believed it. So. That's awesome. Is that hard to find? <laughs> no. No, just search okay. White Mouse. That's awesome. Was that, that's that like, was exactly... That, that was, I thought that was a good analogy. It was. <laughs> that's what I get for picking the Arizona Cardinals. I deserve all of that. <laughs> so now, uh, now we have the Elvis game, and now we can have the White Mouse game. <laughs> don't believe it, folks. Don't believe yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know what you were thinking about with the Arizona Cardinals yeah. there, but I will absolutely take. I'll take the freebies. I-, I will take freebies. I am not beyond charity at this point in the season. So you want to keep, you want to give me a win. I'm okay with that. And certainly did that, and certainly did that on Monday night too with, with the great uh, Kirk Cousins. Ooh. We didn't real we didn't really dive deep too much into that game, but it's not a whole lot to talk about. Kirk Cousins, first of all, when the I Vikings saw, still don't have a signature win. I, I believe I said that. Yeah. <laughs> the Vikings don't, don't have. Yeah, they still don't have that. They're a seven-win team with no signature wins, right? Yeah, six, six and one. Now oh, I said six, this six would and be one. They have. I said this yeah. would be it if they won, and, and they 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 didn't win. Yeah, no, it was it was it was pretty awful, and they did not show up at all. And when I saw the, I, I can't quote the, the the stat exactly, but Kirk Cousins' career record against a team with a winning record when they played them is like four and thirty four now. Ooh, that's real bad. He's a he's a. He is a compiler. He's a bum slayer. I mean, any of the any of the terms that you can think of for Kirk Cousins, not a hundred million dollar quarterback. That's what I think of. <laughs> and very instant on that from from Jump Street. I honestly thought that the talent on that team was enough to sort of overcome him, and you know, and the big arm would play okay, and they'd have a shot. But nah. No, I, I don't know. Maybe the team just doesn't believe in him. He's just clearly not the guy. But, man, Kirk Cousins. Whew. But here's the thing about that. All these other teams collapsing behind the Vikings in the NFC. I said they can't afford to go to 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. That's why I had them being desperate and winning that game. Yeah. And everybody lost. But maybe they don't have to be desperate because who's going to catch them? All well, yeah, the teams see. behind them are all trending down. Washington's done, right? Seemingly, yeah. Washington's done. They're not good. No, Washington's done. Josh Johnson, okay. Washington's done. The <laughs> Eagles are probably done because Seemingly. they they just lost Wentz. So it's back to Nick Foles, I guess. Uh, the Panthers are in free fall, right? Seemingly. So what does that leave? The Packers? Uh, is, is there a way that they could sneak in? There, I mean, it could happen. 
I I don't want to trust it. I don't want to believe it, but I don't know who else is going to come take that spot away from the Vikings. They, they can keep losing, and I don't. I mean, I, I I'm just bringing up the Packers because wouldn't it be just like them to just sneak into this thing? Yeah, that, that that would uh, that would be crazy, but. Uh, if, if if they are turned around and if Aaron Rodgers does have his confidence back and then is able to string together some good football, then they're they're going to be right there. They're only a game behind Minnesota because of that tie. Yeah. So very interesting. Uh, it's going to be real hard for them because they lost the other game against Minnesota, so they didn't yeah. win that, so they don't have the tiebreaker. But I, strange things can happen. I'm just throwing a team out there. Like if I'm you know when I'm looking, it's not Tampa. Tampa's not going right, to do it. I'm looking at it's all those other Giants, teams. It's not the Giants. It's not the Lions. When I look at that group of eight teams or so, seven teams, it's six, five. Yeah, so the team's all behind Minnesota. There's seven teams with five wins or six wins. It's pretty mm-hmm. sad that out of that group of seven, the one that I looked at is like, maybe Green Bay. It'd be real oh, interesting to see if the Packers have. The Packers go to Chicago and win on Sunday. Which they oh, can. Uh, there's you know, again, it's like the it's like the Patriots with the Dolphins, right? Sometimes you just have that ownership, <laughs> right? Some teams just own you. The Packers have owned the Bears. They're not afraid of them. They already went and beat that defense once after that look after it looked like it was over. Yeah, they you know, were dead in the water and Oh yeah. I mean Rogers twisted up. Yeah. Khalil Mack was having like the, the ultimate like coming out party and Rodgers was done for the year. We all just knew it. And he basically he came yeah. out there on one leg and beat that defense in the second half. They had no they had no clue. They they didn't know how to respond. So I'm not I wouldn't be stunned to see the Packers go in there and win. If they if they don't, it's over. So right. they're clearly the team that's playing for more. I think the Bears will know that too. So that's a very compelling game um on Sunday. Yeah, that's how do you know which way you're going to go? Uh, on, you know, how do you how are you going to look at that? Do you look at it as the Packers are desperate and they're rebounding from the with the new coach and they're uh, and they know they they can't afford to lose any more games, so they're going to really just go and do every single thing that they have to do? Or will you go on the Bears side and say, well, they remember having the Packers right. dead and buried in Week One, and they're not going to let that happen again because they know that that's something they can't uh, they can't afford. Yeah, good matchup. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the NFC playoffs, I, I've almost got this feeling that whoever sneaks into that sixth seed, that's your Saturday afternoon game, is in the NFC this year. Yeah, we every, were looking at Every uh, one of those AFC matchups is good. Right. We were looking at playoff possibilities for that, that 330 game on Saturday. And, yeah, I, I, if it is Vikings-Bears, I actually think that's going to be it. Cause it would to... have to be, and I hate to see that because that's a that, that's a big market with the Bears. It's not going to be the Cowboys, right? It's not going to be Seattle, Dallas. Good game, by the way. Um, it's not going to be Baltimore, Houston. They could do that just to be jerks, <laughs> but that's a way better game, right? It I is. Mean, that's, but that's sort of that's that is sort of Houston. Lamar Jackson against twenty eighteen Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> That is sort of Houston's home. There is that that it is. Saturday afternoon spot. That that's sort of yep. what they where they usually get placed. But that's a way better game. 
Yeah, I would I would think so. But yeah, I yeah. think it's gonna be Vikings Bears. We got two quarterbacks that haven't proven a damn thing really. So Right. And if Baltimore somehow gets bumped by like the Titans, guaranteed oh. that's that's the sad because that is where the Titans live. Yeah, the Titans Texans would be ratings depth, so yes, it would have to be. As absolute rating death. Yeah. It, but that game would still draw more than the NBA Finals, the World right. Series. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then four times as much as, as the Stanley Cup Finals, yes. They still televise that? I, I think. Oh, in, wow. In Canada, anyway. I know, definitely. In oh, Canada. Okay. So, yeah. The, so, well, it, it's starting to all take shape. You're starting to see all the playoff scenarios, and, and uh, there's a lot of them. Just be, and it's, and not none, almost none of them are at the top of any of the divisions. Mo- most of them are at the back end. Big game tomorrow night, though. That the Chargers beat the Chiefs. That could get interesting. I mean, I could almost yeah. get my Chargers to win that division pick to come true. Never would have, yeah. never could, never would have thought that was going to happen. But I had the Chargers to win that division. Would they be in first uh, with that win? They'd they... both be eleven and three, with two right. to go. I mean, that's that's about as close as it gets, right? I'm trying to remember. Have they played already this year? Oh, they had to have, unless they're playing twice in the last three games. That would be something. That Which happens. Is possible. It's entirely possible. Let me see here. The uh, they lost the first one, so they'd be tied. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then they have the tiebreakers after that. I, I don't. I have no idea. But yeah. but yeah, they'd they be the right team. there. They got. They don't have it easy either. At Kansas City, Baltimore, at Denver. So that's what the Chargers have remaining. Which is uh, yeah. That, which again, I thought you know, knowing that they had some real games coming up, that they would go take care of business against the fucking Bengals. When <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, the Chiefs have the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Raiders. Oh, well. <laughs> so, but well, at Seattle, you know, be tough. No, at Seattle. That, that's also oh, a Sunday nighter. Really that's a Sunday tough. nighter. That's the last Sunday night game of the year. I don't think that's getting flexed. Well, yeah, the the, the sixteen week sixteen one. Yeah, that's the week sixteen yep. one. That's the last Sunday night. Oh, that's the last announced official Sunday right. night game of the year. We still don't know what the final game of the season will be when I say that. Right. All right. Yeah, we, we cleared that up. And there definitely will be a Sunday uh, Sunday nighter in week 17. We just have no idea which game it's going to be. Right. But yeah, you're it's, saying it's probably not going to be a division uh, battle. Because I think those are all pretty much going to be sewn up. Yeah, I'm looking at, the, looking at the schedule for week 17, and I just don't see... I don't see a lot where it could potentially be a winner-take-all type game. You know, it could be like Indy and Tennessee that could decide the last playoff spot in the end, right? That could be a that could be a winner-go-home type game if the scenarios work out because those two those two are both sitting at seven and six right now, so that's got some potential. Um, boy, there's just not a whole lot left. That just you know Philly Washington looked like it could be good, but no, we're, I don't 94. think they would ever. I don't think they're flexing Nick Foles and Josh Johnson. <laughs> or is that back to Sanchez? By the, oh god, 
Oh, yeah, total um, fraud. Yeah, and Bears Vikings. Uh, you know, and Bears Vikings has a little bit just be, but the Viking. Who knows where the Vikings are going to be two weeks from now? Excuse me. Yeah, they'll they'll be in the hunt. Just don't know exactly where. Well, if all they can do is bum slay, that's what I'm worried about for them. I mean, the Vikings just man. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, it's not working. That 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 team is that that offense is loaded. But again, if uh, if, if the connection isn't there between he and those two receivers, there's there's nothing left. Right. Yeah, but when their wins this year are the 49ers, the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Jets, the Lions, and the Packers. Um, is there a winning still, team in that bunch? I don't think so. Still looking for that signature win. You're, you're signature saying. win, I, yes. Yes. I, I went searching for it last week, uh, or last show, right? and, I'm, and I'm, I'm still looking. You tried. Still looking. You tried. Their last three games, Miami, Detroit, Chicago, they only have one chance left for a signature win. That would be against the Bears. And what could for the Bears be a completely meaningless game? Right. I mean, the Bears could be sitting locked into that number three spot, and the game means nothing. They're going to play the next week. They're going to host somebody. So, again, this is why the week, week 17 is just so weird. Always. We, we know that coming in, no matter what the situation is for a season, week 17 is going to be just strange as hell. Yeah. Huh. So there there you have it. Uh, any thoughts on uh, for week 14 about uh, the Saints uh, sleepwalking with the, the Buccaneers in a very strange game until your favorite, the backup quarterback Taysom Hill with a blocked punt turns the game around because uh, the Saints are down 14-3 to Tampa yeah. uh, with seven minutes to go in a third quarter at the time that this happens. And so th- yeah. I thought they were going to lose the game. And yeah, that was a strange cover, wasn't it? Yeah, they just woke up off of the block punt by the quarterback. Uh, huh? He's Spark. He's the, Ohio, he's the Othella <laughs> Harrington of of the New Orleans Saints. Oh, uh, Spark. Uh, definitely an inside joke there. And uh, we we always, uh, you know, obviously out of the, the playoff picture, but we always talk about the 49ers and that offense, and no matter who's out there, they can make mm-hmm. things happen. And hot damn, George Kittle just goes off. Like he's he, good he, for he those. can't stop these guys. He's good for one of those games or two of those games every year. He's only been in the league, what, a couple of years now. But he seems to be one of these. He's going to be definitely under the radar tight end. I'm sure fantasy players know who George Kittle is. But your your everyday average NFL fan does not care who George Kittle is. But he, he produces, and yeah, we both we both were all over the Niners beating the Broncos. We weren't just sitting on covers on that one. We were like, no, they're going to win. And most people don't know uh, Kittle or Chris Mullen, Nick Mullins, whatever. Uh, but there they are making plays and making things happen, and then still. Uh, the 49ers offense, no matter the injury situation, no matter what, they just keep on humming. Uh, and we keep giving our praise and our love to uh, to the sh- to Shanahanigans, to the, the kid 
uh, who clearly knows what he's doing. I'm stunned that the 49ers are still at this stage of the season averaging eight yards per pass attempt. Eight. Give a short rundown of the teams, uh, the, the, the great offenses in football that are not this year averaging eight yards per pass attempt. The Patriots are not averaging eight yards per pass attempt. The Steelers are not averaging eight yards per pass attempt. The world champion Eagles are not anywhere near averaging eight yards per pass attempt. Uh, And and a lot of other great offenses that you would think maybe would be much more potent than the San Francisco 49ers. They're not, they're they're not They're uh, The Atlanta Falcons are right on the, the, the same level. They're, they're also averaging eight yards per pass attempt. So better, more explosive than the Eagles, the, the Patriots, uh, the Steelers, and right on par with the Falcons. That, ladies and gentlemen, is your San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, completely, completely surprising. Um, but not surprising once you actually looked into the stats. That's what I did. I looked at it and I was like, something doesn't seem right here. The 49ers <laughs> are terrible, but their offense, they're, they're competent, and they've been competent all year by the numbers. They've, they're not just dreadful like you'd expect them to be once you lose your you know your quote unquote franchise quarterback. So the fact that they just and all the receivers, out, yeah. It, it, again, there's a system in place. I know it's the S word, but you know Mike, not Mike Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan, clearly can coach offense. Clearly. But, he he's he has got a track record now of doing this with quarterbacks everywhere he's gone that he gets production. They thought, you know, then Jimmy Garoppolo is clearly going to be the guy. It's not going to be Nick Mullins, but the fact that you can lose Jimmy Garoppolo and get that kind of production out of a Nick Mullins means that, you know, when you do lose the guy, you're not toast. So, the 49ers are, you know, again, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be on the radar for people again next year. Even though they're 3-10, and 10. <laughs> they're going to get a high draft pick. You know, they're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo back. But I, I guarantee you there's going to be people who are like, what about the 49ers? You know, there, there's going to be that what about the team, you know, the smartest guy mm-hmm. in the room is going to throw their name out there. Because, you know, every time that somebody's doing, like, a pick show or trying to do stuff, someone's going to be like, but what about, yeah. And hopefully if they draft defense uh, highly again, that they'll pick a guy that doesn't slap his girlfriend around and they can actually keep him on the team. Uh, yeah, that would that would be a, a good one, a good way to go. So <clears throat> just, had, just had my son almost creep his way onto the show here. I guess he fell out of his bed. <laughs> Oh, so he bumped, fell out of bed and bumped his head. So he was up here kind of upset. So I'm going to go and check on him. So I'm going to. All right. Say it's good. It's almost time to go anyway. So it's a good time to end the show. Yeah, I want to make sure he's doing okay. And he's in with All my right. wife now. But I go, yeah, I don't know if you heard him. I heard him a little crying. I was like, what is that? So I had to pause my, I had to mute my earphone and take off the thing. And I had him come over by me. And so he, he looked a little shaken up. Yeah, I heard a little. I didn't know what the, what it was, but I did hear a little commotion. So yeah, definitely take care of that. Yep. Uh, so we'll be back in a couple of days. Friday. Quick night, turnaround. Right? Friday, Friday night. night. Okay. Yeah. Friday night. I gotta need... get that into my head. <laughs> and I assume you need ten o'clock uh, that you're working. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no yeah. way I'm making a nine o'clock show on a Friday. <laughs> I don't even get home by nine. 
o'clock on a Friday. Oh, wow. Okay. So. All right. Nine. Uh, see, I almost did it myself. Ten o'clock Central Time, eleven o'clock Eastern Time. Friday night is our next show when we make all our picks for Week 15. Uh, after the Thursday nighter that we're going to watch tomorrow night, uh, the last Thursday nighter of the year. So, be back with us Friday night for Week 15 in the NFL. All your picks against the spread. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank everybody for listening. And we will come back Friday night with the picks for week 15 in the NFL. Enjoy the last Thursday nighter of the year tomorrow night and should be a real good one between the Chiefs and the Chargers. And we'll talk to you Friday night. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 